welcome to the Fight Ransomware Podcast. I'm Norman Guadagno, and we are brought to you by Carbonite, the data protection company for business. In each episode, we'll be talking with featured guests about ransomware and other serious threats to your business data. As always, I'm joined by Fight Ransomware editor, Alan O'Brien. Good to see you, Norman. That's great to see you, Alan. And uh, today, we are joined by Gene Marks, who uh, I've come to know well. Uh, Gene is a... It's a long list of things. This doesn't even cover it. Small business sure expert and columnist <laughs> and uh, TV personality. He's, he's also he's, a small business owner. He's yes. a small business owner. If he was in Forbes, Entrepreneur, The Washington Post, yes, CNN, yes. CNBC, USA Today, Ladies Home Journal. <laughs> Not I, I, yet. All right. That's pretty much anywhere you look. There is Gene and... Uh, well, men's fitness is a place I'd like to write for. Actually. All right. We can, yeah, we can, we can arrange that. that. Yeah. Uh, and we have the good good fortune that Gene is here uh, at the Fight Ransomware podcast studio with us. Yep. So if this gets uh, physical, Alan, you'll uh, you'll be in the middle. I'll of be it. here to break it up. I know. Yeah. All right. So uh, Gene, welcome. Thank you. It's great to see both of you guys. Thanks for having me here. It's good yeah. to be in Carbonite. Good to be in Boston. It, it, it is. It's a beautiful day outside, and we're going to cover a lot of uh, topics. And I know. You and Alan were chit-chatting, and you and I have talked many times before, uh, and we have, as we've spoken about, right, it, this is a seminal moment in the sort of history of business, where the shift from the things, the physical things that businesses produce yeah. to the digital things that businesses produce and use has, has taken place, and yet the the activity around those assets, those data assets that we're going to talk about, uh, is not quite as developed when it comes to things like security, when it comes to things like protecting and counting that data. And and so we're going to start, I think, maybe at the high level here. Sure. And uh, we've talked recently about some of the big breaches that are going on. We've talked a lot about ransomware. We've talked a lot about cybercrime. We've talked a lot about the value of data. Uh, and you talk to companies, large and small. Uh, you have a platform that you put messages out, and a lot of people reaching back to you through social media. You have your own clients. Right. I mean, my company sells CRM software. I mean, we sell its customer relationship management software. So. Um, we, there are like five products, we, set, we, we implement Salesforce.com, we do Microsoft Dynamics, we do Zoho, Goldmine, HubSpot, um, so we have about 600 active clients, most of them are like small and medium sized company, uh, companies up and down the East Coast and some around the country, and, um, and they are all terrible with their data. So, so I was going to ask you that very question, are you, and I hate to sort of use one of the, the phrases today, but actually, you know, reading uh, Teen Vogue has helped me a lot. <laughs> are, you, are your clients woke, right? <laughs> because yep. there's, there's a problem, I don't think they're aware of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's funny, because when, when people were implementing their CRM systems, they, um, it, they're, they're with, with whatever stuff the software vendors tell you guys about the features and the functionalities and all the things you need, any of it's just databases. I mean, that, I mean, that's just all that they are. And you know, when you customize these databases to perform certain things for you, and that's all good and well, but I've been noticing this trend over the years that um, as companies, my better clients, and I would say it's like sort of like the top 20% of my clients that have really, really good databases, um, they are showing an intangible ad to their company. 
because, um, and Norman, we've had this conversation in the past about, you know, sort of, it's a world of big data, you know? So, you know, I don't know, Ellen, if you see this, you know, with Carbonite customers, but, you know, data is a huge intangible asset nowadays. So oh, I think they're definitely becoming more aware uh, of the value of it, especially with some of the software you've talked about, the BI, the intelligence they can do around the data. Right. And, you know, the question is, are they, are they woke is a good one. Is there still a perception, do you think, among your small and medium mid-sized customers that they're too small to be targeted? You know, yes. They think that they, um, they think that they're safer than they really are. Um, they don't protect their data as much as they should. Um, and I got an issue, even at the very basic, they don't even like, like maintain their data very well. You know, like our most successful clients that implement, C I mean, CRM systems are not like um, uh, accounting systems. Like with an accounting system, you know, you got to get an invoice out, you got to receive cash. Mm -hmm. CRM, you got to kind of leave it up to the users and management, you right. know, to direct they get it used. And so many people don't invest in people to make sure that the data is complete and accurate, just in their databases, let alone investing in security and IT people to make sure that it's protected. Yep. And it's this huge asset of their company that just kind of goes unwashed. They run around. God, I have some clients who it is a major catastrophe if, if 25 bucks are missing from their petty cash till, <laughs> you know, but God forbid that they should spend to have somebody look after this data, which happens to be their most important asset. Right. So they need to make investments, not just in security, but in sort of the data hygiene, the actual cleaning it up and not keeping all this old archive data you don't need and things like that. You do. And you know, it's funny to the um, clients I know, people always say, oh, do I have to hire like an IT person or it's whatever. It's actually not that complex. I mean, that like the best administrators of databases that I know are, are user focused. A lot of times they're like admin people. I always talk about. I, I like to mention like, um, do you guys ever watch the old the, the Office show? Mm -hmm. Right, yep. you know, Michael Scott and all that. So Pam, the receptionist, you know, she is like the perfect admin. I would love to have in my company because she's smart and she doesn't take any you know what. Yep. And you know, she would be perfect to not only administer a database to make sure that sales, she's wiping salesman noses and diapering the customer service staff to make sure that the data is getting right. But that's a perfect person just to make sure that the data is protected, in my opinion. Like, that's the go-to person to make sure that, um, you know, it's being, you know, backed up, that there's security software on, that can, you know, Somebody has to have responsibility. Yes, yeah, somebody's got to own it inside the company. And um, I deal with a lot of business owners and everybody they're running around in different directions, but you got to assign ownership to somebody and it's so hugely important. Are they still surprised when they get hit? We were the subject of a phishing uh, scam recently here at Carbonite. Were you really? Yeah, and um, we also had a, uh, uh, a great test where they sent us false or malicious emails and yep. we had to see. That was a great idea. I yeah. often send you false emails. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, you've been promoted. Oh, oh that's normal. All right, darn. Um, <laughs> but we, they sent around some uh, fake emails to yeah. test the employee's ability to detect them. Yeah. And I think um, even though we are very aware of it, it's easy to operate in a bubble and think we'd never get hit. So do you see that a lot? All the time. And, um, you know, business owners and whether, like, in small, medium, even enterprise-sized companies, um, they don't, they, we all walk around thinking this stuff is not going to happen yeah. to us. Right. I mean, and I don't know. I mean, uh, people, you don't think you're going to get sick, so you don't take certain precautions, you know what I mean? Or you don't you think you're going to get audited. So well, know. people spend a lot of money on vitamins. And yeah, that's, anything, that's but, true. Yeah. But then again, I know a lot of people that smoke, you know, or do stuff that are just like, what are you doing? You know, so... I, 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 a lot of people don't think it's going to happen to them, and, and they should be thinking of that. Right. It's a, it's you know, a, it's a, you and I have been 
amongst many other, but we've been evangelizing around this topic for a while. Yeah, we have through a lot of channels. Yeah, and sometimes I go home and I bang my head against the wall because it feels like every single time I read another article about a breach or about an intrusion or about a cyber crime, it's like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. Right. Says small business owner or medium business owner or large corporate executive. Right. How how can we how can we get the message to land better? And you're you're a super effective communicator on a lot of topics. Sure. And how do we get the message to land and stick? I'm going to tell you right now. Um, you can't put a gun to people's heads and tell them to do something. I mean, I've I've just learned that the hard way. I've learned that implementing CRM systems. Um, I've learned that with my wife and my children. You know, you, you know, you tell my dad always said that to me. He was always like, you know, son, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what I think you should be doing, but then you're old enough, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Right. You know. So all we can do, the three of us and all organizations like Carbonite can do with people in this industry, is to at least you know raise that awareness. Get the information out, um, and you know, in the end, you know, if you're running a business, you've got to catch the ball and run with it. Absolutely. And if you don't get it, you know, you don't get it. You'll you'll suffer because of it. Of course, everybody who does get impacted by a ransomware or a virus issue, then they learn, right? And they're like, you know, they never want to make that mistake again. But in this case, um, all you can do is like podcasts like this. Yep. And you know, and it, by the way, it will never. And I mean, the three of us will be sitting around in our 80s in diapers one day, and there will be some other attack that's going on the business. That's community. an image that I'm going to keep away from for the rest of the day now. Thank you for that. And that's like robes as well. Yes, right? okay. Just, that's the that's good. Not to completely freak out our audience. Mm. Uh, but, you know, the, the issue of, of data protection I don't think is ever going to go away, yeah. and there will always be people that are just not going to get it. Did either WannaCry or any of the other uh, headline grabbers uh, in the recent years um, teach you new lessons? Yeah, I mean, I, um, first of all, it taught me that I'm in the wrong business. You should of, be distributing ransomware. Norman and I do that on the side. Yeah, we, we've talked right. about this many times. <laughs> you guys probably know more about this than a lot of the guys that are like creating these viruses. I mean, you know, well, we can talk afterwards, okay? <laughs> yes. yeah. Because it is really an incredible business and um, it has struck fear among me and my clients um, because it is the first like malware thing that is really like a money maker um, for the industry and want to crack yeah well not just want to cry but any ransomware, ransomware attacks yeah. so you know like you know people are just going to follow the money and they, they can do that and i have seen with my guy and it's funny here at carbonite we were um talking about maybe going out and interviewing this back a few months ago about interviewing companies some of my clients that were affected or infected mm -hmm. by ransomware Nobody wants to talk about it. Right, absolutely. I, I, We've seen that. Yeah, a lot of my clients are like, yeah, they're, kind they're of, embarrassed. They're embarrassed. They are embarrassed about it. Um, it would be nice if they were less embarrassed so they can get the word out to say, like, hey, this really did affect me. But then there's also um, a business impact as well. Like, they're, they're also not only embarrassed, but also concerned that if I go and I'm make public that I was impacted by, what are my customers going to think? You know, and I could lose business or my competitors can take yeah. that as an advantage and go after mm -hmm. us. So it happens and people just don't like to talk the, about it. This is uh, obviously the fallback position for people in general is you either, when you've done something or you've been violated, you've done something wrong, you made a mistake, you either feel shame yep. or you make change. Right. And it's really hard for people to make change because they're, uh, they're fixed in their ways, they're afraid of what change may bring. And when you think about a business, uh, it 
oh, I'm going to have to train people, that's an expense, or I'm going to be admitting that something could go wrong. Oh, what if they tell my customers that something went wrong? I may lose customers. Sure. And you build this unfortunate sort of rationalization that may come out of starting a shame in terms of this rationalization of, I got to keep it secret that we had a ransomware attack or were hacked or things like that versus using it as a, as a platform to help educate your True. employees, your customers even, and turning it into a net asset for your business. I got, I got to tell you guys something. I mean, I, as a business owner myself, I mean, I play the lottery every day. I mean, there are, you know, the oh, that subcontractor, maybe should that person be classified as an employee or a subcontractor? Mm -hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to play the lottery that nobody's going to find out about that, you know, or that promise that I just made to that client that, oh, sure, we can get that job done in the next two weeks. I'm pretty sure we can get it done, you know what I mean? But I'm, again, and, and that's this, for none of his current clients. That's right, not right. Future, no, 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 it's current clients. I mean, we, I, we do this all, I do this all the time, and I, I can speak on for a lot of my clients. We, we don't like to admit it, but we play the lottery. And it's the same thing with something like ransomware. For me, if you're going to tell me, like, listen, you really want to do this the right way not only do you have to make sure you've got the software and all that you need to hire like an outside person to, to help you do all of this you should be i should like i love the test that you guys have phishing email we, everybody should be doing that but that takes time it takes money i i have little of both so i'm just going to play the lottery that's mm -hmm. not going to hit me and that is the mindset of a lot of companies that are out there because we hate to spend money on something that we can't see right, and might not happen. And that issue will, I don't think that issue will ever go away. And do you think people will um, refuse to pay more often and that could help hinder the efforts? I'm always surprised still when I see uh, an, a hospital yeah. pay out. But yeah. then I guess the counter argument is they need the data super fast. They mm -hmm. don't have a reliable backup, I'm assuming. Is that, is that an accurate assumption? You, you, first of all, for anybody to pay, again, I, I, I can tell you, talk about sitting around in diapers. If there's one thing that I also have in common with Twice you've talked about yeah, it. It's like an image that's been in my <laughs> face. Trend. I'm deleting it immediately. Feel like, yes. you know, like spanning on that is, um, I'll be in my 80s, I could be sitting around with 10 other business owners and we won't remember what we had for breakfast that morning, but we will remember every customer that didn't pay us in the past mm -hmm. 30 years. Yes, absolutely. It's the same thing when we're paying out, like the, the thought of giving these ransomware guys the hundred bucks, I mean, that would, yeah. it kills you to do it. I mean, you really have to be pushed to an edge to, right. to do that. And then, of course, there is the fear because, you know, don't, right? aren't these guys all from like, God knows where you pay them a hundred dollars and they all know each other. For all I know, they all know each other. You give the one guy a hundred bucks, he tells his friend, he says, the guess who's paying? Yeah, this guy in Philly just paid me a hundred bucks. Right. So you attack him next week and get a hundred and give me ten dollars. Uh, yeah, they become a ready source. That's so. exactly right. So there is a huge, fear to pay for if somebody's going to cough up the money um they have to be a pretty bad situation to have to do that and that's why i think somebody's larger you know they just they, they have to do something about it but um and then it's funny how these things get found out like the one um at the nhs the mm -hmm. national health service in mm -hmm. england that whole ransomware thing was like it was fixed by like some 22 year old right. developer who figured out how to turn off the switch yes. or whatever and right yeah, who who evidently has since been potentially implicated in a different grant. Is that right? Attack. Oh, because yeah. I thought he was running really? for yeah, Parliament. Yeah, I was just reading oh, okay. that last week. So uh, what goes around comes around. These 10 new lessons that we've been discussing here. Interesting. So Interesting. what if we flip it around, Gene? And of course, the attacks are going to keep coming. Yeah. Of course, we have to educate people. But the, the flip side is this notion that most businesses, large and small, 
have yet to realize the value of their data. Right. right? And, right. and this has been a this has been a true for for a long time. Right. Uh, and he, I was talking about this 20 years ago uh, in the previous lifetime in the data business and the database business, where uh, you look at any business that's running on top of a database, right? FedEx, for example, right there. That it's yes, the packages are important, but it's where the packages are, which is the data, and when they're going to get somewhere, which is Correct. the data that's actually Correct. the most important asset. Correct. And so, how do we get every type of business to start paying more attention to this data as an asset concept? So um, you learn when you. I'm, I don't know if you guys know. I'm a CPA, so um, so I'm a trainer. I'm not a very good. CPA, once you have, for me, like if it's close enough, it's good enough, and that's not the way you want to be. If you're a CPA. So I don't practice that much as a CPA, but I still hold that. But we learned, you know, a lot. I learned a lot in my years with KPMG and was involved in a lot of acquisitions yep. um, where people would get a lot of business valuations, and it's always goodwill, goodwill, goodwill you hear about. Right. You've got your hard, tangible assets, and then you've got intangible assets, which make up your goodwill, and that figures into your purchase price. Yep. And I am seeing now with clients, there's this big trend right now as baby boomers are getting older um, you know they are selling their businesses mm -hmm. and in fact last year there were more small businesses sold than any year really? prior yeah and it was um it's there's a company called biz buy sell tracks this stuff and uh, they give some of the reasons why they're doing it and what they're selling it for and you know they the, the research is showing that companies that are better protect their data and have a better handle on their data and can prove the value of their data because sometimes people can't see the value but you, right. once you've got it you can prove it um they, they sell their companies for more money mm -hmm. this is bottom line so i mean we're running our businesses as a livelihood but we're also at least i hope we are trying to build an asset right, and value that we can either hand down to our future generations or sell it and if you go with that mindset into your business then you have to look at all assets in your company and your data is a huge part of that. And you do have to be asking yourself every day, you know, what am I doing now to increase the value of that intangible asset? And it, it does get back to what I said earlier. Uh, there are some people that get that. And so there, there is, you know, I have clients that run coffee shops and restaurants and, you know, or landscaping businesses and they're not thinking that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure they ever will because right. as long as they have enough money in the till at the end of the week, they're good to go. And that's, it's fine, it's fine. But there is, you know, the smartest business owners I know are thinking like 10 years ahead. Right, exactly right? right. And they're saying, how am I, what am I doing now to build up the value of my business 10 years from now? Because someday I'm, I may want to exit. Um, and, and they're thinking about their data because that is every bit as important an asset as inventory. And are they thinking about backup? Yeah, so it's, it's all inclusive. It's mm -hmm. not, backup is like automatic. And it's actually not just backup. The smartest clients I know actually have multiple backups. They're mm -hmm. always questioning because they don't, we are cynical people and we're glasses half full people, but we're also cynical. So even like we were talking like my cloud, the cloud-based systems we sell are their, their CRM systems. And I have a lot of clients saying, well, okay, I mean, I understand Microsoft is backing up, you know, they're a very mm -hmm. good company and all that, but yeah. Uh, can, what can I get another bad? I get this asked all the time. Those are the smart people. They're like, that's it's good. It's just not good enough for me. Like I need extra assurance that I'm getting my data. So yeah, they are thinking of backing. And they up. understand the importance. You think of offsite backup, of uh, geographical locations being yep. changed for backup, things like that. They do. Um, you know what? You know what? Even my smartest clients miss, and they they make this mistake over and over again, is that they think that once they 
have a backup solution, whether it's a cloud backup or whether they're backing up onto eight-track cartridges, and I'm not to date myself, but you know, right? Yeah, um, people are still doing that. People are still doing that. So, yeah. always, not a good one. They don't, um, they never think about restoring. It's crazy. I mean, I see this again and again, like, say, like, so, oh yeah, we're backing up, we're backing up. So, okay, well, when was the last time you tested out that it's backing up and you right. can restore it? And you can get it back. And you can get it back. And and I I run into that a lot, where people, they get, they get hit with something, mm -hmm. and then they, well, we'll just go to the backup, and then they're like, oh, oh really? This right. wasn't being backed up all the time. So it's not just paying the monthly fee and turning the service on. It's just knowing what's there and being able to get back. Well, that goes back to the staffing because people don't test because right. they don't have someone who knows and, to do and, it. And, and unfortunately, many businesses, especially smaller businesses or businesses that have high turnover yep. in the employees, where's the source of truth yep. across time? And that's, of course, where uh, you know third-party vendors, uh, IT shops, other providers can be that source of truth, and we work with a lot of partners like that who can help your type of clients, Gene, actually make sure that things are tested and they know where the data is Correct. and that you can say, okay, we're we're backed up and we can go back to last week or two weeks ago, whatever the timeline may be. And I think this notion of, for the business owner or the business leader in IT to be able to think both backwards and forwards in time, right? When was I backed up and what point in time can I restore from? Sure, sure. What might happen in the future and when am I going to next test or improve? And thinking across time, I think, is a, a strategic uh, element for the business that many of them don't they think don't. about, right? They, they need to have, they just need to have somebody inside that they that is responsible for yeah. doing this. And uh, it's that Pam from the office. You know, you need that person, that Pam, to just take ownership of that as being done. Um, oh, and a little office fun fact. Do you ever watch it on the back? Have you ever seen Michael Scott's office? There's um, He has a diploma on the wall behind him. Mm -hmm. Because if you watch any episode of The Office, and the, a lot of people think it's like a college diploma, like he went to the University of Scranton. But um, if you zoom into it very closely, it's just a certificate of ownership that he owns a quality Seiko timepiece. <laughs> it was there for the entire scene. That's awesome. Yeah, Clearly that you've been zooming in on that, the whole yeah, episodes of the, of the office. Uh, Gene, one of the other things we've talked about uh, quite a bit, and we've talked about a lot here, uh, Alan and I, has been this, uh, this weak link of a single person, yep. a single click. You and I have talked about that a lot, and that it only takes one person clicking on the wrong thing to get infected. Correct. That to me always felt like the, and still Huge does, this, this clearly known weak point yeah. and the one which more businesses can really address. Right. And how do you talk to some of your clients about that? So, um, we, you know, I, I've written about this just recently and I forget where, but it was. It was about a company that was doing exactly what you guys are doing at Carbonite about um, um, sending out fake fake emails, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. faking a phishing email to employees and then seeing what employees are actually clicking on some of these bad links. Um, and then um, if they do, just immediately firing them. No, I'm just kidding. Not firing them. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Pan, Terminating them. Right, so. Immediately, just taking them out. But no, no, I mean, obviously educating them and hopefully get, you're never going to get them 100%. Right. But honestly, I, you know... I'm not such a super smart guy. I'm online all the time. I, we get a lot of emails, and it's they're 
you know, I mean, you can identify them, but sometimes it's... We've written about how much more sophisticated they look. Of course. The, yes. How per much uh, they're more personalized yeah. than ever. The, the grammar is accurate. It's getting <laughs> better. Right? It's getting yeah. better and out there. In fact, yeah. when I see those phishing emails with like a misspelling or I'm like, geez, guys, really? Yeah, I mean, the game has had changed. Me. Right, you right, always right, had right. me, except you spelled there wrong, you know? <laughs> Um, so it's it's a constant educating type of thing, and I think um, I think it's not just educating because I, I think education sometimes is a little overhyped right. because I can speak for myself. I've slept through many seminars or not at often daydream through many sessions. So it's not just educating, but it's testing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I like you know you know is there you know, and I don't know and and maybe if you guys have show notes, it's interesting. I'm, I might do a little research and give you a few sources of. Like, where can you go to have somebody do, like, you guys are carbonites. You had somebody write these phishing emails internally, and that's all well and good. But what if you just don't have that capability? Have those resources. Right? Who does that? You know, and, and I'm just, there are people that do that, um, and that would be, that's a great thing to do every quarter, just to test your mm -hmm. employees. So it's not just educating, it's testing to make right. sure that they are. And, you know, it's funny that you say that, because you think about retail, yeah. right? Uh, in retail, as you well know, there's this concept of shoppers, right? And uh, retail is shopped, restaurants are shopped all the time, mystery shoppers, mystery diners who come in and are essentially putting employees to the True. test every single day. True. And yet in uh, the type of sort of office business that uh, we're talking about a lot here, and ignoring you know, retail also has its issues around cyber security, but uh, we don't have that concept we don't, of, do we? Of, the sh of the mystery shopper, the mystery mm -hmm. diner, the mystery customer who potentially you know, poses a threat or potentially is testing how employees respond. Right. And I'm wondering if something like that you know, is sort of the evolution of these sort of phishing emails to the, in, in some sense, even the, the phishing customer, right? The mystery customer who would, is actually going to see how a business responds, whether it be customer service, cybersecurity, sure. delivery, whatever it may be, there's potentially an opportunity there to reframe the problem and offer these services to a lot of different kinds of businesses. Yeah, I gotta tell you something. I, it, it's kind of like it sparks like a little you know light bulb. Like if you're entrepreneurial or you're already in the IT business, it's certainly a really great service to consider adding for your clients. Make mm -hmm. note to right. sell yeah. new business. Yeah, no, really. I mean, and that's something depending on the price, obviously, because it always depends yes. on the price. But that is that's something that I would pay for if I had an outside firm saying, listen, once a quarter, we're going to send a phishing email. We'll alert you in advance, but yeah. we're going to send this email to your employees and we're going to give you the results of the test and who, whatever. That would be of huge value to me, even as a 10-person company or a 1,000-person company. Right. Yeah, it's not just phishing emails. It's yeah. phone calls. Because yeah, a lot of what happens by criminals is social engineering yep. and the ability to get people to respond very quickly uh, even just walking into secure facilities, you'd be mm -hmm. amazed at the, uh, you see this reinforcement on secure companies and businesses, you know, don't let people tailgate and have your badge, and, and yet when it comes to enforcement, it can be hard to do that. Correct. I, I completely agree. You know, it's funny, the, the overall security environment is such that um, it's very easy to hack nowadays. Yep. So, um, it, you know, companies are always going to have to be on edge to make sure that they're protecting themselves. Would you say that uh, banks are becoming more or less secure? Because let's face it, we used to think about the old um, bank robbers, right? Yep. And then we got much smarter about yep. security and 
uh, how to lock up buildings, you know, and then here we are. JP Morgan's only three years behind us. I think everybody who remembers that scare remembers thinking, that could be me. If you have a banking account, your information could be yep. out there, right? I mean, you're kidding. You know, it's like it's not just it's not just banks. I mean, like the, the Department of Defense gets hacked right. nowadays, right, right. and government agencies, yeah. and there's you know, it is. And you look at now. By the way, that's you know, you talk about hosting your data in the cloud and all that, as secure and great model that it is. That still strikes fear in a lot of people's hearts yes. when you see these huge institutions that you know, you know. But again, um, no, I don't think they're less secure. Right. More, more secure than ever. It's just that when we see the big headlines, it goes right you to your heart. It really yeah. does. And by yeah. the way, whatever is like a bank security, there usually is somebody on the inside. There's mm -hmm. usually some procedure that right. wasn't followed. Banks were the original cloud-based service companies. Yes, financial institutions love the cloud. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't have it anywhere. You're right. You're, the only way you can get to it is by looking it up either even before online, so waiting for your bank statements to arrive. So, you know. so I have a question about CIOs in the mid-market. Yeah. Are they you think the message is being driven up from the IT guys? Look, we're getting hit by ransomware. We see this stuff. We got, we need help. Or do you think CIOs are are if they have some, if they're big enough to have one, the CIO, the CTO, getting the message? I think it's the CIO is driving it down. Okay, and it, among my clients, um, the, the the people that are running IT departments or IT organizations, their security is their number one issue. Right. And um, they walk around losing sleep about it. And okay. they're the ones that are telling their managers, um, what are we doing every day to make sure that we are as secure as possible and our data is protected. So those are the people. And also, because maybe it's just because of their positions, but uh, the tone does come down from the top. So mm -hmm. uh, when, when they say, this is what we need to be doing, this is the service we need to be using, or you know, uh, their managers are going to listen to them because mm -hmm. it's the boss. So, Gene, uh, closing up here, because we could go on and on. Oh, we can talk to you. Well, we haven't even gotten into it. There's so many, and we'll, we'll have you yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, this final, final thought from yeah. you. Oh, final thought. <laughs> yeah, from you. We're not, we're not going anywhere. I'm not right anywhere. Just the, my final thought on, on security and data yeah, protection. Yeah, just in general. Um, I, can, I can tell you this much. I think people have gotten a lot smarter. When I say people, I mean business owners, managers, executives. Um, I've become a lot more aware of security issues that are out there. Um, but I think that there is always going to be a percentage of people that are not going to mm -hmm. um, do it, no matter how many times they're told that they should be doing the right thing. They're just not going to do it. I just think that is the fact. Um, but the bottom line is, guys, and I know... I get it. This is Carbonite, and this is a—it's a sponsored podcast. And this is what you do, but it's just—it's insane to me when I come across clients that it's like literally—it's like petty cash to right. have like an online backup service for your data. It's just sort of a no-brainer to do. And I come across—I'm you know maybe you're happy to hear this or not happy. Mm -hmm. But I come across too many companies just don't do it. They don't. You know, they no, don't we do see it. this all the time, it. and it just seems so. So thoughtless and, and priorities wrong. Like you said, you know, let's buy a stronger lockbox and install a camera to watch the cashier station to see who's pilfering. Or let's cage up our inventory right. and have a whole security system looking at that or whatever. And like, oh, our data? Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, <laughs> sure, I it's fine. It, it is. It is true. Okay, one final question before I hand it sure. over to Alan for our close. Are you a uh, uh, Huggies or a Pampers guy? <laughs> I refuse to answer we that. We are already question. editing that yeah, out. I'm right. <laughs> in charge of keeping this, keeping this a highbrow. Smart woman you are. Gene Marks, we love reading you. We love having you contribute to uh, Fight Ransomware and the Carbonite blog. Thanks for joining us Thanks today. For Thanks for being guys. in Boston. Yeah, that was terrific. Thank you for being here. Alan, I thought we covered a lot of ground as we always do. But the thing that strikes me 
uh, and you and I have talked about this before, is keeping the message simple, getting people to understand that you have to prioritize data protection because you have to prioritize your data. Ultimately. And testing and recovery jumped out for me too because uh, we have been doing lots of um, white papers on that lately saying we can help you figure out how to test and recover to make sure you actually can use your cloud backup when you need it. That is correct. Well, I think we're all wrapped up today. Thank you everybody for listening. Thanks, Gene. And remember, check out fightransomware.com and join the good fight.